Is this the basement? It's the lower level. Okay. Salutations, everybody. It's time for another episode of Bald and Bingeable with D'Angelo. I'm D'Angelo, and I'm here to take you through an auditory journey through all the things in pop culture that you consume, the things that you find insatiable, the things that you find truly bingeable. I almost forgot what I was saying in like the middle of that. <laughs> it was very NPR, like it was very calm, like yeah. very soothing ASMR types type voice. It's how I, I have to it. like bring myself back because I'm like, yeah. I, if not, I'm like manic when I like start this. So <laughs> and it's just like all over the place. But you guys, that um, voice that you guys hear, she's back and back. resetting. Hello. hello, hello. So we haven't talked in a minute. I know. It's been a minute. We've actually talked like like this. This is like we basically use these as a, as a phone call, like a friend catch up. But the thing is, <laughs> that's really what this is, guys. In addition to the random text and the tons of memes and reels, so much. That's that's called a millennial friendship. I mean, that's really what it is. It really is. But the thing is, is I was told for my whole teenage existence that I was Gen X. I was Generation X. I was Pepsi Gen X because I'm I'm 1981. I'm older than you. Well, so, yeah, but I think that's the cutoff. I think 81 is the cutoff. It really is. So I'm like geriatric millennial. Is that what they <laughs> so call I. me? Yeah, yeah I don't it, appreciate you're geriatric, that. Me, I mean, I'm not thrilled about it either. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think geriatric is up till 84 or 85 and I'm 83. Oh, see, yeah, I'm 81, so I'm like the oldest of the old when it comes to the millennials, you know what I mean? So, because I know what it is to have a real phone in your house, a rotary, a Oh, yeah, tone. I have one, too. Oh, I mm-hmm. loved it. I miss it. Oh, love that sound. Okay, so I don't know when you guys are listening to this, but if it's, you know, the evening, we're right now having a cocktail. I'm having a cocktail. Annie, are you having a cocktail? You, you know, I'm not because... <laughs> Mm-hmm. I had an espresso martini. For me, it is what? What time is it? Nine something? Nine yeah. forty-nine p.m. Okay. Um. So because it's after eight p.m., that's my cutoff, and I have to drink a Pellegrino. So I oh, uh, sleep at night. But I did have an espresso oh. martini before, maybe like an hour ago. That was the best. Okay. I could do. That's the reason why you can't sleep at night. Like, see, I'm doing a clear martini. I'm doing like you know. Oh no! Um, decaf, decaf, oh, decaf espresso. Oh yeah, I'm not here to mess around. I've never thought about that before. Mm-hmm. Okay, my 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 whole mind just like blew off. You Life guys. changing. Like Life I changing. never even thought about that. Yeah. Oh, here's something. Okay, so let's ruin something. Let's just ruin something here in San Diego <laughs> right now because you brought up espresso martinis, which is one of the best type of martini that is out there. Oh yeah. yeah. Um, and then I'm really really into just like I like a really dry martini slightly dirty like i just that's like my just... order it's my actual oh. order oh is it yeah mm-hmm. i had one at the restaurant like when my husband and i went to dinner simpatico where'd you guys go for dinner tonight we went to a lovely italian restaurant called leo's <laughs> oh my god i miss leo's you guys leo's is out there in um trumbull county in ohio but oh, was that yeah. considered born or niles like yeah it's Warren. yeah Oh my gosh. We used to do so many weddings there when I worked I know. for you slash yeah. Creative. That's right. I which who who I saw last weekend. 
Oh goodness. What is he what was he doing? Where were you at? We were we were um um I went to see Trixie and Katya's podcast recording. Mm-hmm. Um uh, Bald and the Beautiful Live in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. How was that? It was so funny. I can't mm-hmm. even tell you. It was absolutely freaking hysterical. And I don't know if you I I watched, I mean, I love everything Trixie and Katya. I watch Bald and Binge- Bingeable all the time because they do like you That's know this a show, live Bald and Bald and Beautiful. Bald and beautiful. <laughs> See, our, our shows are so similar, and that's and it I is, love it because when people are looking for theirs, mine comes up as, up comes as up. well. It is nine fifty one, and I should be in bed like an hour ago. But um, yeah, so they were recording "Bald and the Beautiful" live, which was actually supposed to happen in September, but Katya had done broke her foot or something. Okay, and so yeah, so they had to reschedule, it. and so it was in the coldest day in January in Pittsburgh. It was like negative five degrees outside and yeah it was absolutely hysterical um sometimes like when you see the live show or or the live podcast recording like someone is more like more at it than the other and they were like both equally on something that night and it was uh-huh. absolutely hysterical i can't wait for it to be um okay. put out there I, live i might get a single like ticket then maybe to like um... you should it's really really funny because they they did the same thing here that they they were supposed to be here I think in beginning of October or something like that. Yeah, that's and, when Katya got hurt or something. Yeah, so they I wonder if it was because you know Trixie was playing the pink party or something in what's it called in Australia or some some shit. Maybe but, yeah. Yeah, but so they're coming back here February twenty third. Okay, so this oh, is the thing that Tato was going to ruin. Um, there is a place called the Original Swan Bar here in San Diego, guys. And they're out here in, in San Diego on Adams Avenue. We're going to blow this up. Modern classics are on draft. But the big deal is that for um, for $5, they'll do espresso martinis, black Manhattan, margaritas, dirty martinis, Negronis, and apple teenies. Goodness. $5 from like 4 to 6 or 4 to 5 o'clock. So, and the thing is, and like now the line starts like building at like 345. And people want to get in their $5 espresso so like it's a whole thing. That's interesting to me because espresso martini is not a, a, a an aperitivo. It is not a, mm-hmm. a beginning drink for me. That is dessert. Mm-hmm. Like I cannot sign up for people who like sit down at a restaurant. They're like, "Can I have espresso martini?" I'm like, "Y'all, like have a meal of food, get a regular martini, like an adult, and mm-hmm. then <laughs> have well, see four if I'm or five. only like if I. So the thing is, it's like before like a show though. I will get an espresso martini. Like that's fair for the caffeine. The, yeah, for the caffeine, and then yeah. I also I don't want to drink too much because I need to get up. We've talked about this before. Mm-hmm. My anxiety resonates in my bladder, and so I have to go pee a million yes. four times. Yeah, so, that makes like, sense. I'm one of those people who doesn't like completely like imbibe before they go and see like a Broadway show or anything like that. Right. Because I feel oh, like I yeah. have to get up and down, up and down. So, and I was looking at those Trixie ticket tickets. There's like four of them left. So I don't know if it's going to even like happen, but maybe I'll go by myself. Cause I know Anthony, so he funny. wasn't really into it last time we talked mm. about it. Um, it's absolutely hilarious. Yeah. So you guys, we have a very loose chatter day today. Um, we're going to talk a little bit about Oscars. We're going to talk mm-hmm. about the whole, because Annie's here. So when I have a white woman here, we have to talk about Taylor <laughs> Swift and the Taylor Swift orbit. So that's going to happen. Oh, today. yeah. I'm going to talk at Annie about traitors. And then at, at me. Yes. Okay. Um, and then we also have like, I got back into the old age. 
Oh, yes, we must discuss that. Okay. Yeah. So I'm um, right now we are two, we have two episodes left in the most recent season, Anthony and I, because we it was like appointment viewing. So I haven't like oh, actually watched it. So I have two more episodes left. And I know all kinds mm-hmm. of shit is about to happen. Mm-hmm. So spoiler upon spoiler, it's been out for a little while. Right now we're at the point where um on Ada, aka Cynthia Nixon, where her husband is now ill. And so, and I was like, I knew this was going to happen. I knew it. I just saw the writing on the wall. Like it was too good to be true, you know? Ugh. So, but the clothing, like every single dress that that Carrie Coon wears is like, I mean, like I want to touch them. Like I want to, like, it's like Mm -hmm. everything you want to like touch it. I want to feel how heavy it is. And I want to feel like the little crystals on some things. I just want to like, and I also want to see the structure. Like it just Mm -hmm. fascinates me. It's going to have to be something that they have to do like a museum. You know what I mean? Like this, I want to see this stuff like in in an exhibit at some point. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, that's, that's one of those things. Okay. Annie, before we get into like Oscar stuff and everything, what are you watching? Tell me what, what's going on right now. (laughs) So I, um, am living my truth a la 1999 and I am watching The Sopranos for the first time. I'm dying. <laughs> I for love the first the time. I, I am a Sicilian it. American. <laughs> and I am watching The Sopranos for the first time. This is where we're at. What, what season are you in right now? Oh, the, the first one. Um, Just to give you guys an idea of where I'm at. It was just, it was I just finished the episode before I came downstairs to record Um, where the soccer coach was having an affair with one of the students meadows soccer soccer coach oh my god meadows still in high school you're like at that point yes oh yeah i'm in season one i'm in season one it's so good it's It's so good good. it really is and i'm glad i'm watching it right now i don't know why i waited so long to watch it i think because i was like very offended by it and i was like they're giving sicilians a bad name p.s they're not even sicilian a they're from Mm -hmm. naples I don't have time for it. And also, they're like fourth generation Italian. I'm like, who gives a shit? Like, what do you mean you're fourth generation? My family is like straight off the boat. Y'all acting like you're straight off the boat. You're not. You've okay. you've been there. They've been in they've I've, they've they they're part of the soil there in New Jersey. <laughs> so. Yeah. And maybe that's I don't know. It, it, so there's just like I have like a lot of issues as a Sicilian American person, but like it's just like <laughs> It's, I'm I think really it's enjoying wonderful. it. It's a fantastic show. It's a great show. It's fantastic. Um, Tony Soprano. Okay, tell me, do you find him attractive yet? No, I don't. Um, okay, you're going to go through phases. So James Gandolfini is going to do weird things to you. Really? Because, yes, because the thing is, is you start off and you're like, ugh, he's such a mook. But the thing is, is then after a little while, you're like, Oh my god, do I love James Gandolfini? <laughs> like, like there's like a point like where you like hit and you're like, I kind of love him. And the thing is, he's like this big guy, and the way that he like, you know, he's good to his family, and then he's also kind of sleazy with these, you know, mm-hmm. like he has this like, little thing. I love that you are in this. Like, you're you're gonna get your like Lorraine Bracco, Edie Falco. These oh are god, like, I really can't. They're huge. so amazing. And Michael Imperioli. Michael Imperioli uh, is everything. Who I find attractive. Who I found super attractive in the White Lotus. Do you know? Oh, yeah. Come on. White Lotus. He's like in his 60s now, I think. Okay. 
um let's sideline let's let's because we're we yeah. don't really we're gonna just go all over the place we're gonna come back to sopranos because i just love mm-hmm. it we talked about drea de mateo because she's crazy now but anyways um allegedly but anyways allegedly <laughs> allegedly but you just said something wait what was it that you just said a second ago about michael imperioli being attracted yes. in the white lotus a white mm-hmm. lotus white lotus three so who are we we're, we're now knowing parker posey is involved and carrie um, coon no, she isn't. I didn't hear that. Yes. Yet. Oh, it's it, yeah. It's official. She even she even talked about it. Oh wait, wait. Season three cast. We're we're mm-hmm. googling it right now. You guys, we're oh, using yeah, yeah. Googleizer. We are in here right now. Okay. Um. Have they said where they're going to be going? It's in Thailand. Oh yeah, they did say they were going to an Asian city this year. Yeah, Jason Isaacs. That's going to be great. I'm excited about uh, Lucius Malfoy being uh, a cast member. Oh really. Mm-hmm. This is insane. Okay. Okay. This is an Us Weekly magazine article. Magazine article. When's the last time you picked up an Us Weekly? Like seriously. Like, Maybe at the airport when I'm like drunk and need something to do. There you go. Everything to know about the White Lotus season three plot, cast, location, release date, and more. Okay. So this just came out January 22nd. So we are right on top of it, you guys. Um, and this is by chance. Anyways, Mike White's anthology. It's coming back. Um, what else do we have in here? Uh, the comedy's first season. Wait, that's oh, first season. This, yeah, they just want. They always want to like mention as many things as they possibly can. People yeah. who have like, okay, where's it going to take place? Although the season three locale is not yet confirmed, White Lotus has uh, White has already some ideas percolating. You just said it was Thailand. I've heard that mm-hmm. as well. It doesn't say that so much inside this article as I skim yeah. along. Um, what? Why doesn't Us Weekly know everything? Oh well, wait, you just saw. It. Wait, go back. Go go, we're scroll. We're sharing a screen. A la any oh confirmed to be in Thailand, right there. Okay, yeah, I see it there. By March twenty twenty three, Variety reported the location was confirmed to be Thailand. Okay, Eastern religion and spirituality. I'm very intrigued. It's going to be. I mean, the thing is, is like if you go back, I'm gonna make Anthony now watch the second season because he never did. Oh and, damn! Yeah, and he's he he's duolinguing um Italian. He's like, doing oh a, yeah, like on like a huge streak. And I'm like, you need to be watching. Mm. So like that's what I said last yesterday. So I think that might be something that we tackle next after Gilded Age. Oh good. Yeah, so I think I'm gonna make him watch the second season. Plus, I only watched it once. So, mm-hmm. you know, we'll get into that. Um, Jennifer Coolidge is one of the subjects here. We already know that, no, she's not coming back. So let's right. like, keep on going. Pa- what is the plot of season three? It's possible the next White Lotus chapter could focus on politicians and business moguls, an idea that mm. would have for season two, but ultimately didn't end up using. Uh, originally, it was more of like a Blitterberg conference more about getting into some of the bigger power dynamics there, the enlightened writer told Entertainment Weekly in September 2022, referencing the annual off-the-record meeting between the European and North American leaders. But Sicily oh. was a totally different vibe than the idea I pitched, so it didn't seem right. True. So the thing is, is like, you know, we're going to go business. Um, when will season three premiere? Uh, the, premiere date, the premiere date has not yet been announced. Um, but the quick turnaround seasons of one and two, it could be as soon as fall 2023. Um, hmm, does it say anything here? No, they just have something Megan Fahey said, but we can keep on going down. Who's joining the cast of season three? Okay, so we have um, Variety reported that Natasha Rothwell will be back after portraying spa manager Belinda in season one. Ooh, Okay. So she went from Hawaii to Thailand. That's going to be mm-hmm. interesting. 
Um, so those of you guys who watched season one, remember she was the woman who was being promised by Jennifer Coolidge's character, you know, that she was going to get her own place. And then she just gave her some money and left. Um, Rothwell revealed in December 2023 that she knows what's coming in the new episodes. I will say that I read all the scripts and the people are in for a treat. It's bigger than ever, she told Entertainment Tonight. Buckle up. As for the crop of newcomers, HBO announced in January that Leslie Bibb, Jason Isaacs, Michelle Monaghan, Parker Posey, Dom Hetrical. I don't know who that is. I don't either. And who is Taime? Taime? That uh, is it. Thai last name though so she's definitely a yeah. Thai actor actress Not so uh, I'm gonna say Tap Simthong but hopefully I said that right and later this month it was confirmed that the Gilded Age star Carrie Coon will also be joining the ensemble cast as well as Walter Goggins, Sarah Catherine Hook, Sam Navola, Patrick Schwarzenegger and Amy Lou Wood shortly after that Nicholas DuVernay and Francesca Corney and uh, Arnas Federavicius were revealed to be joining season three. I don't know a lot of these names. We probably know them if we like looked at them, but mm -hmm. we're not going to do that right now with you guys because we're like talking. Okay. So we're not going to get that deep into this. Production will begin in Thailand in February 2024. I want to go. It's <laughs> happening. <laughs> For real. Anthony was just mentioning because we're going to do um, Chinese food tonight, but we're like Asian food wise. So we're like on this like whole thing. Okay. People have been asking. I have been losing weight. No, I am not an Ozempic, semaglutide, <laughs> Wingovia, or any of those kind of things. Even Indeed. though I would really love to be, but I'm vowing not to do it until my mom can do it. Mm. That's like one of those things. Because like insurance is such a bitch out there in Ohio. It's awful. And also like there's a lot of like, so like I couldn't go on it for, because a lot of the health or risks for people who have had like similar reactions to X, Y, and Z. So like mm -hmm. I can't take it. Well, see, so my I'm mom. just here hanging out. My mom needs it literally for her A1C. Like she's an actual oh, okay. diabetic patient yeah. who needs it to, so she can stabilize that because they need to get her A1. This is like so much information, but they need to get her A1C done. So this way they like under control. So this way she can go get and get her like knee replaced essentially. Okay. So she sure. needs to have knee surgeries. So that's mm -hmm. going to be coming up in like hopefully the near future. And so we're like pushing and I'm like, we'll get them to like, they denied her the first time insurance as if it was like a vanity thing. And it's like, she she's a diabetic. It literally says diabetic. You guys know you're giving her insulin. Get her on this drug so we can, mm. you know, so she can. Plus, she needs it. You know what I mean? Like, I think she would completely like find herself like in a great place if she like lost yeah. a little bit of weight and all that kind of thing. So, mm. but me myself personally, I'm in my 40s, you guys. So like, I just would do it just to be really, really vain and just to like be a sample size for mm -hmm. like. For like six months and then i'm like done i want to fit in them jeans for a minute and then it's like okay i'm done except for okay so when we were home um i say home but we were in miami and so mm -hmm. um one of the family members that we see when we're out there she um she's right now currently doing like the shots and so, and then somebody else in the family is. And so it's very, very exciting because these people have been like wanting to, you know. And the last time I saw this one woman who was doing, you know, the semi-glutide, I think she's doing Wingovi or whatever. Wigovi? I don't know how to say it. Um, but the thing is, mm -hmm. is like she was talking about like it's pretty amazing because it like gets you in a whole mental place with food that you're like, I'm full now, I'm done. 
And so if you're one of those kind of people who like, you know, pushes through, then, you know, you keep on going with it, but she's appreciating it. And the thing was, is in, it's also, I think she might, I want to say that she's also a diabetic. So that's the reason why she went mm-hmm. on in the first place. So, but it's like, it's really helped her. You know what I mean? She, yeah. she, looks, she looks great. She, and her attitude is lighter. You know what I mean? Yeah. So let's see. Anyways, I don't know how we got into that little sidetrack. Let's go back to somebody who was not on that. And that would yeah. be Tony Soprano. Okay. Yes. Let's get back to Tony Soprano. So you're getting into this. Is he, so the point that you're at right now in season one, he's seeing this, he's seeing Lorraine Bracco, right? He's already right. seen the psychologist. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Uh, psychiatrist. Yeah. Uncle um, Junior and his mom know that he's seeing the psychiatrist and they're having like a whole meltdown about it. Now, do you know, like, because pop culture like just ruins things yeah. for us. You know what I mean? So like I remember when Best Week Ever, you know what I mean? When things happen, remember oh, yeah. the show Best Week Ever, like back on VH1 days, um, where my obsession with M- Michelle Collins started, apparently. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you guys, I'm completely obsessed with Michelle Collins. I did buy tickets to go see her live. So That's amazing. I'm saying that right now. She's coming back from like Amsterdam. She's doing a little mini tour. She might be in Chicago. I don't know if she's going to be anywhere near like Cleveland. But if you have a chance to go see her, Annie, yeah. go see Michelle Collins. She's funny as fuck. I made, it was the reason why I went to um, New York City last summer was because yeah. she was coming into town. Yeah, that's right. Was like, yeah, and it was it was a phenomenal show in which she does a lot of visuals it's just fun. She reported mm-hmm. like, great rapport with the audience and everything. And it's like really smart humor. So I'm seeing her in April now nice. uh, in Beverly Hills, Beverly Ooh. Hills at the Savan mm-hmm. theater, which is like one yeah. of like, um, I was like looking it up. It's gorgeous. Nice. And it's one of like those theaters that um, Joan Rivers loved to play. I think it was one of her favorite. Oh, movies. I love that. Okay. So it's like a gorgeous place. So I cannot wait. And the thing was, is like the most expensive seats. Okay. So, the theater is like there and then there's like the pit, like the orchestra pit and then the stage. Well, the pit doesn't have really like seats, but they're putting seats there. Right. For this. And so, and those were like $125. Yeah. And the thing is, is and I'm not guaranteed that I don't have like work that I have to commit to. So I was like to spend $125 on a seat. And plus I wanted to buy another one for Anthony or somebody who was to go with Yeah. Me. It was a whole thing. AXS, the um, app. Okay. Yeah. It is okay. The the Ticketmaster app has a lot of bugs, right? Mm-hmm. The AXS app, even more. Okay. And so oh. and, and Michelle Collins is very lucky. I love her. And she's also very lucky that I can afford things now that I work. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, so um I ended up, I was trying to buy like two tickets, and every single time I tried to buy like these two tickets next to each other they're in the first row of the orchestra so i'm like perfect you know what i mean i'm like right yeah. behind the 125 to the two rows there plus there's nobody right in front of me so if my anxiety pee head kicks in i can leave mm-hmm. and i can pee and then come back except for i oh, won't do that because it's michelle good. collins but anyways mm. um so i was like trying to buy my tickets like 108 109 and it kept telling me 109 was a freestanding ticket that you had to purchase another ticket next to it. I'm like, it's in my cart. I want 108. And so I went to purchase and it just purchased 108 and never gave me 109. Oh. And so I needed a ticket next to me. So oh, then I ended yeah. up going back in, putting in 109, 110, 110, purchased those two. So I have three tickets. <laughs> oh my God. I wonder if you can sell the one like well, on some actually, of them or something. 
it's all worked out because Anthony's going to be able to go and then his bestie is going to go oh, as very well. Good. And very then we can just stay at his bestie's house, which is great because it's like right there in Glendale. So we don't mm. have to pay for a hotel room. So it's going to like perfect works. It all works Worked out. And then if Anthony can't go, then I'll have to do a hotel or whatever. And we'll just figure yeah. it all out. But the thing is, is, but this right now, it's a good situation. So that's my Michelle Collins. But anyways, so best week ever used to always show these things about the Sopranos, right? Mm, you yes. didn't know we were going to get back there. Did you guys, everybody listening right now, you didn't know that Amazing. I was going to get you guys back to Full the circle. Sopranos where we are. Okay. <laughs> so best week ever, they used to ruin a lot of things. And so do you know about like Dre DiMatteo's character? Do you know? Yeah. Yeah. Happened? I have a pretty decent idea. Like. One thing about me is like I really try to be knowledgeable about a lot of pop culture things so that I can have a conversation. With Hello, you're any all bingeable. That's exactly right. Yeah. So like I know enough to like have a conversation. So like, yeah, I always knew like high level, like what was going on with the Sopranos. And then I actually remember I remember watching the series finale. And we were checking my my sister-in-law, my brother-in-law were out of town and Nick and I had to go check on their house for something. And we watched it because they had HBO <laughs> and um, we watched it there. And then, of course, we were like everybody else. We were like the cable in out, you know, that whole thing. It's a, it's a cultural moment. It is a cultural I mean? moment. Yeah. Everybody but the thing is, is that's cool that you've seen that. It's not going to ruin everything. It's not. Yeah. No, I don't think it, so. It doesn't. Because the thing is, because I knew about that too. Because you know what I mean? Because it's it's like, you guys, spoiler upon spoiler, this thing is over 20 years. It's, it's 20 years old. Right. It's like it's like 1999 to 2005 or something like that. 25 years this year. My goodness. Isn't it? I don't, I don't have a lot of time for that. But yes, We're it's not, 25 years. It's I'm on the beach. For this. I'm not old enough to, to feel like I've time. lived through things. Guys. I don't have time. It's so 2015 yeah, it's, it's forever 2007. I swear to God. Well, the thing is, is okay. Sopranos 1999 because you're in season one. It came out in 1999. Yeah. So the fashions are 1998, 1999. Oh, yes, they are. Yes, they are. Girl, do you know that how many jumpsuits and sweatsuits I bought after watching Tony Soprano? Uh, I'm going to lean into this, especially as my travel wardrobe. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, here's the thing that's really funny. So... Uh, D'Angelo and I come from an area that is has a very long mafia history. Mm -hmm. and, Youngstown, Ohio, look it up. Yes, Youngstown, Ohio is very famous for, for mafia. And um, also, like, it's basically like Jersey. It is Jersey. I mean, I have no other mm -hmm. way to, like, explain it. So, like, I think I'm watching it a really good time because, as I was saying, I'm Sicilian-American and... Both of my grandparents have passed now. And so, like, for me, watching The Sopranos now is very nostalgic. Not granted, like, as far as I know, nobody was in the mafia in my family. <laughs> but it's totally nostalgic because of, I it mean, they're, for me. Yeah. they're family. The thing is, is, it's the whole family thing. They're always getting together on Sundays to eat. Like, there's all kinds of, like, little touchstones there. I get it. Yeah. And the food and the pictures throughout the house and the, and the, uh, furniture and everything for me like is just so familiar mm -hmm. and so i think i'm watching i'm actually watching the sopranos at a really really good time because not only i feel like outside of the mafia obviously like i lived this life like this is what i was going to go back to when you were talking about like do you find tony attractive i said no i actually find tony as a kindred spirit outside of the murder because <laughs> because honestly outside like the murder outside murder because like Everything that he's going through, he's like, well, he's in like his mid forties, I think, at the beginning of this. I'm I'm only forty, but like, we're in like similar parts of our lives. I don't have children, but like, in terms of like, 
being the head of the family and ha- in an Italian family and having to, oh God, you want to talk about mob wife aesthetic. And, we're going to um, talk about it. We got to oh, talk yeah, about it. We have to talk about it because it's it's what I've been living my entire we're life. On it's trend. just now the thing. I have been on trend my entire life. And so uh, like for me, like watching a lot of what Tony goes from a family aspect, like is really actually kind of hard for me to watch because it's so familiar. Oh, have and, you been introduced to his mom yet? Oh, yeah. Oh, it's yeah, and I'm not saying my mom is crazy. I'm not saying no, that. But, but you're like, off to the races because the thing is, because it's just family. Yeah. It's the whole obligation of family. I know. And the thing is, and, even coming from like a big Puerto Rican family, like the thing yeah. is, it's so, and like, and I'm from Youngstown. And so it's like very much parallel with all it's my Italian similar, friends yeah. growing up. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you totally see like so much of those like little sideline kind of things. I don't want to completely get it. You guys, as we were talking about this, I was Googling because... This is like a whole thing right now. So we're going to be like really, really on trend as we talk mm-hmm. about, you know, we're vulnerable. Um, this is from Harper's Bazaar. What does the mob wife aesthetic actually mean? Bye-bye girlhood. I mean, and then the pictures, though, are like married to the mob with yeah. like Ray Liotta. We have the Dre de Mateo. We have her in here. We we see Edie Falco. You know what I mean? So um, love it. Okay. Do you understand the whole mob wife, you know, like? What, like, where did this come from? That's the whole thing I was like Haley wondering. Bieber. It came from Haley Bieber. But like, here's the thing. No, it she started, from her. Yeah, honest to God, like a lot of people, like if you, well, TikTok says this. TikTok mm-hmm. says like it came from Haley Bieber. But like, because obviously like she was spearheading the whole clean girl aesthetic. And then recently she came out with like this big black fur coat and like all black outfit and the glasses and like still doing the 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 bun, but like doing a very different makeup, all gold jewelry. Mm-hmm. blah 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 and so like that's what a lot of people are pointing to i mean i've been living and dying this um type of aesthetic my entire life because all i do is wear all black don't don't talk to me otherwise i don't wear fur though because i'm an animal activist but and... you can wear like fake because the thing is i've been wearing my little white fake fur right now i'm wearing my faux yeah so i match the girls when we take a walk down the street because it's cool oh right? that's okay yeah. my whole my whole house is covered in white fur Faux fur, thank you. Um, the faux fur. Yeah, it's all covered in white. And um, so that's that's my fur. But like all I wear is gold jewelry. And there's put in and they're very specific about the gold jewelry. It's gotta be like stuff you got for your birthday or stuff that you inherited. And I'm like, serious? listen, <laughs> let me talk to you about this. No, it's 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 probably one of my favorite looks. The only thing I don't like is like I think they're like really trying to like lean it towards like. 1999 Sopranos and I'm like those women look so much older than they do now (laughs) because it's 1999 like that was the style of makeup and whatever and the hair and I'm like I think we've definitely changed that look but but it's a little bit though like you can say like big Ange though too like with mob wives you know what I mean like so this some of that so in this article by Harper's Bazaar um Francis Ford Coppola says I hear the mob wife aesthetic is coming back um, so it seems that it all started on of all days, January 6th, when the 28-year-old Canadian blockchain producer develop, uh, developer named Kayla Traveri shared a video declaring, clean girl is out, mob wife era is in, okay? It has since been viewed over a million times, spawning a million other videos for and against the trend, which encourages animal prints, flashy jewelry, big fur coats, and such. It's very... <laughs> um, Timeline, receipts, <laughs> like screenshots. I feel that way. Anyways, oh, yeah. um, plus trend pieces like uh, like this one from the nod of, what is it, of Don Coppola. That's from Goodfellas, yeah. 
Um, TikTok's algorithm is designed to bring these declarative, catchy aesthetics to top of our feed. And these mm -hmm. trends are often criticized for their shallowness and disconnect from anything actually doing or feeling in real life. The quote-unquote mob wife aesthetic is just the latest to surface, but it, it does stand out against trends of late for the real-life roots and culture and its mature, brazen attitude, which feels like a shift. In all honesty, I'm kind of loving it. Because the thing is, oh, is if, we're get, if we're getting rid of the fur vest and the big brim hat yeah, brunch, and we're going to be seeing girls out there in fur and like Like Christian hair, Girl Autumn. Shoot I'm me, into shoot it. Shoot me now. Yeah, Christian yeah, Girl no. Autumn, please. Girls, like really, no. with your big gums, go away. Braylon, um, whatever the hell your name is. I, guess. I don't know that. <laughs> Of course, women were dressing like mob wives long before the TikTok made it. Tenley, The Sopranos celebrated its 25th anniversary and joined TikTok the same week that Treveri's mm -hmm. video went viral. Although she claims that she had no idea about the HBO series milestone when she posted it. She said she was simply responding to what she saw in the streets of New York City where she lives. So if anything, this is all just a reminder of what we've been missing or perhaps discovering for the first time. They have so many pictures of like Godfather and everything else in this Right, article. right. Um, we care about any other stuff right now. Um, girls aesthetics and jettish for coquettish to Barbie core. It's completely opposite of that. Mm. Um, the mob wife, by comparison, is a little bit more grown up. It's right there in the name. She's a wife. She's not a girl. She's a woman. She's confident in her sexuality. She puts ZD on the table. <laughs> I love it. I love ZD. Let's talk about Me it. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> we actually have. Um, Manicot earlier this week. Oh, right? nice. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. So, like, there's this place over here, like Mona Lisa um, Italian Foods, that's like an Italian like food restaurant, but it also has a restaurant attached to it over here. And um, that's good food. And every single time I get a salad, we always get Italian and blue cheese because you mix that shit. Okay. Mm -hmm. Get into your life. Anyways, um, Camilla, Carmela Soprano walks so you bitches could run. I could see said. the hair from here. Look at that. Oh my god! Just you guys look at the, look <laughs> for this highlights. article by Harper's Bazaar. It's um about mob wife aesthetic. It, but it's perfect and it makes me feel like I'm at home. You know what I mean? Right? I know. I feel very good about it. Like it's very, very much like this is what we grew up with. Like especially it is what like, we grew up with. Uh, oh my god. The whole Y2K oh, thing felt a little younger, and I think it's a little bit more mature, sexier, and bold, Trevor explained over the phone last week, reinforcing, re referencing the recent popularity in low-rise jeans, ballet flats, and going out tops. Girl, I've seen sky tops recently. Do you know that this is like, these are like coming back? Like, you know, like the top with like the shoulder like ripped out, so you like oh, see yeah. like the shoulders exposed. Like what is happening? It's all back. Like everything so from exciting. like... It's like 1998 to, to like to through 2004 aesthetic is back. It's our college years, really, is what's happening. It's Ugh, anyways, you guys look this up. It's so much fun. Like, I'm <laughs> loving the mob wife aesthetic. I'm completely into it. I think it's hardcore, and I think it's a little bit like yeah. One day you're in, the next day you're getting whacked. Okay, we don't need yep. to talk about this anymore. Okay, let's jump over right now to Oscar nominations. So we're going to get yes. into like the prestige of it all. Okay, so we're actually pulling this up from a CBS article. Okay, so the main thing that everybody's talking about right now still is about the Barbie. About mm -hmm. Barbie, Barbie, Barbie. And the thing is, is that Margot Robbie it didn't got snubbed for Best Actress. And mm -hmm. that Greta Gerwig got snubbed for Best Director. Mm-hmm. 
my personal thoughts, and do not hate me for this, anybody, okay? And Annie, I'm not sure. Hot take. Okay, my hot take. Greta Gerwig, completely deserved. Completely deserved to be in that director category. Even, like, those little interstitial scenes of, like, them going from Barbie world to the real world. All that stuff was practical and real sets like none of it was none of it was like cgi you know what i mean like they really did as much as they could with practical like real hard goods the sets were real the props were real and like just to have like this vision i think greta gerwig completely deserves to at least be nominated recognized in that category yeah margot robbie i know playing barbie and everything but like the movie script even gave Ken more to do. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And like, and I don't know if I really believe Margot Robbie turned it out. I think the best actor, best, best um, actor situation that we have in here, like America Ferrara, I think she completely, that's the role that I think deserves the nomination just for her monologue. Cause that's what we're giving it mm-hmm. to her for. You know what I mean? Yeah. But like, but the Margot Robbie role, I mean, she cried on a bench. You know what I mean? Like, like, <laughs> You know what I mean? Like she gave us she gave us comedic lines and she, yeah. she embodied Barbie, but mm-hmm. it wasn't even like if it was like a comedic performance, like of something like a Tiffany Haddish and girls trip. You know what I mean? Tiffany Haddish deserved to be up for a supporting actress role the year that she was in girl trip. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I don't think she was recognized for that, but comedies are never really recognized. Right. And so the fact that Barbie is up there in this situation because it did have an overdrive, like an, an underlying message. Um, but I think the Academy, just Barbie was such a big cultural moment and it got mm-hmm. people back into the theaters, which we were all avoiding because of the pandemic yeah. and before that because we didn't want to get shot. I mean, this is America. Also that. But like, it was like a whole thing. And the thing is is and this became like a moment because it's like last summer was like taylor swift getting everybody to put on bracelets (laughs) you know what i mean beyonce making us all wear silver and Mm -hmm. barbie making us put pink on and go to the movie yeah that's great those it was a cultural moment and so i think barbie deserves like its flowers and everything i don't know if margot robbie does in like the sense of an actor but margot does because she was a producer on the film Mm -hmm. and you know and she has barbie speaking of margot robbie as a producer saltburn got completely shut out yes i was very surprised by that honestly i this one had a lot of surprises and yes starting with saltburn yes it was a huge surprise not even art direction. And that was the thing that I thought that Saltburn hit on was the art mm. direction. You know what I mean? Like, like it looked like an Abercrombie ad sometimes. And yeah, like, it really did. Oh, wow. Yeah. The, the, the angles of things and mm-hmm. how beautiful it was. And you know what I mean? Like the window, the light, the shadows, like it always like hit the perfect spot. You mm-hmm. know, it's like it was a gorgeous movie. That's the thing about Saltburn. Was it? A, yeah. Was it like an amazing movie? I don't know. Is it something that we're going to talk about? It has cultural moments that we talk about, but it's talented, Mr. Ribley. I mean, let's talk about yeah, it. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like, so, like, it not being up here. Tis but the best same. picture right now, there's 10 things up for best picture. Yeah. Like, when did this happen that we gave everybody a participation trophy? Like, <laughs> I think it happened at least, I know it was probably after 2010 that they started mm-hmm. doing the 10. I don't know why they started doing 10. I think it's wildly overkill. What's the, I don't know what the reasoning for it is, but. It almost feels like maybe we should do like how the Golden Globes does 
a comedy musical and yeah. then they do a drama category. It almost feels right. like that should maybe happen to the Oscars because because then I think it would give more chance and more openness, you know what I mean, to two movies yeah. being wrecked. Because Barbie and Oppenheimer aren't the same movie. You know what I mean? Oh, and they God, don't no. sit in the same spot. One is one is comedy and it's made there. It, I mean, it's made they're both made built to make you feel something. Right. But, I mean, they're not they're not the same. And the thing is, is in Oppenheimer, would it have been so successful if it wasn't up against Barbie? Would we have cared about the whole Barbie, Oppenheimer, Oppenheimer, Barbie, that whole thing? You know what I mean? I think it would have still been very successful. A, because it was Christopher Nolan, number one. But as big as it was? Mm, Yeah, because I think because, again, Christopher Nolan. And B, because it was about a topic that, like, spans so many generations. Because, like, Mm -hmm. who doesn't want to hear about how the atomic, or how the atomic bomb was made? Because, you know, that was, not to get all political and weird, but, like, that was apparent in many people's minds. That was the United States' greatest moment is when we won World War II. Mm-hmm. And that we'll never come back to that, even Whoa. though some some politicians want us to. And craziness um, going on right now. We're not oh, going to get into that. We, we were a light space, you guys. You're in a light space. So, anyways, that's why I think Oppenheimer still would have been very big. And there's a lot. I mean, if you've seen a lot of the interviews between Margot Robbie and Killian Murphy, where Margot, as the producer, was like, oh, no, we're going to release on this date. You guys move because because the producers of Oppenheimer mm-hmm. wanted Barbie to move their date. And they were like, yeah. no, <laughs> I wish I could. Say I love it. They stood their here. ground. I I would it, my, in my in my job, I would have been told I was emotional. But uh, <laughs> same thing with the girls here, Barbie, yeah, <laughs> like these right. women. You know what I mean? I mean, it really is. It's the masculine and feminine. I mean, it's completely it like playing itself out here. But you guys, the best picture nominees this year are American Fiction, which I haven't seen yet. Um, I haven't seen that a I lot of these because it's just like sitting down for this long. And the thing is, is but now things are starting to pop up on Peacock and everything. So I'm going to probably get yeah. in there. Like the holdovers is right now in my queue. So I'm mm-hmm. probably going to watch that in like the next. I'm probably going to watch it this weekend. So the Paul Giamatti and everything. My um, one of my good friends, um, he was actually, I think, on a bald in what's it called? No, it was a binge bitches back in the day before there was bald. Oh, and yeah, bitches, yeah. Tom, Tom Welch. So one of his friends is uh one of he worked on the holdovers and so and he nice. was saying that it was a great movie. So yeah, I need to check I've that out. Anatomy of a Fall heard great things about this. Mm-hmm. I haven't watched it yet. And since I'm, and I'm like a big fan of Law and Order, as we all know. So this it's is French, one, I think. It's a French movie. It's a French movie, but the thing is I do think that it is in English. Oh, um, is it? Okay. Yeah, a good a good amount of it. But um from what I understand, and like I just need to catch it now, mm-hmm. is that it's very much like a law and order procedural crime drama where a yeah. lot of it's happening in the courtroom and then we're flashing back and forth, excuse me, back and forth. Mm-hmm. So that's one of those ones that I do need to watch. And everybody who's seen who has seen it that I have heard reviews from, like on podcasts or in real life, they've loved it. Um, Barbie's up there, you guys. Killers of the Flower Moon. 3.5 hours killers of a flower moon like it's an investment what are you doing to us what are you doing? did you watch it i have not did you like I, it did yeah i it? did so yes i liked it a lot two, two I, sittings or one sitting oh one yeah one i i in no intermission like scorsese wanted it to be but um mm-hmm. but honestly like it's an investment 
and it's heavy. Like it is heavy. Um, and what is the plot? I don't even know the plot. What, like, so it's a true story for uh-huh. the majority. Yeah, it's me- mostly a true story. So it's about apparently the Osage people. Now, please forgive me if I'm getting some of this wrong, but um, the Osage people in Oklahoma, they were living on a lot of oil, mm-hmm. but the white folk determined that they were in their. You can say that because like, she's white, you guys. And you can yes. say that because she's yeah, white. I am a she white, folk. white folk. Okay. Y'all white folk. And so the white folk determined that they were incompetent. They were unable to <laughs> handle the money that was related to the oil. And so they had these things called head rights. And so head rights were like basically your claim to the land that had the oil, but then you would have a guard, like a white guardian. And so Robert De Niro's character ends up manipulating, like this is very, very high level, ends up manipulating the Osage people, knows the language, really makes them think that he's like there for them. But at the end, he's really just trying to kill them all off mm-hmm. um, so that he can take the head rights. And so he uses Leonardo DiCaprio, who plays his, naf- his nephew, to marry Lily Gladstone's character, who if she doesn't win the Oscar, I will riot. Um, (laughs) but she's so, she's so unbelievable. She's so amazing. Oh my God. But anyways, uses Leonardo DiCaprio to marry her character. Um, and he does actually love her, but like, he's also like very torn by his uncle and wants to get all this movie. So they end up like, in theory, like killing the whole family off, except for Molly. And they're trying to kill her off. And it's, it's a very, it is long, but it's an amazing story and it's a true story. So like, if you've ever seen the, the series Watchmen where they did that whole, uh, I just did watch them. Actually. I did. I did do the Watchmen. Recently. Yeah. About the Tulsa massacres over on Max. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they do reference that in this and it's very similar where like the minority, the black, um, population there became very wealthy and had a, a beautiful society. And of course, again, the white folk got jealous and so they, you guys, you know, she can say white folk because she's white. Remember that? Yeah, we're white. I, I am white. So, but I don't see anything <laughs> wrong. <laughs> Call them white folk. And so they, you know, literally like bombed like, the town. Oh, you guys, he's gay. I can say that because I'm gay too. Right, right. right. <laughs> like, and so, <laughs> same thing happened here with the Osage. Like it's just all these murders that kept piling, piling up. Um, and, did you feel satisfied by the end of the movie? Were you like, ha- um, like were you like, like? I don't, I don't want you to give away the end of the movie, but like at the end of the movie, were you like, I'm glad I watched this? Yes. It's, okay. this is a weird thing to say. It's kind of like Schindler's List. Danny saying, okay. I You're get like, it. I need okay. to know this is what happened in American history. And we're talking about the Oscars, guys. Sometimes it gets really heavy. It gets heavy. Yeah. <laughs> but it's a good movie. I do recommend watching it. It is a long commitment and it's very intense. And don't think you're going to come out of it with a happy ending. But it's um, a half a day, three and a half hours. It is. It's, it's a big chunk of time. That's the thing is like Anthony's like, we can watch in two sittings. I was like, mm, maybe. Mm-hmm. Maestro is also up right now for best yeah, picture. Yeah. Yeah. Use it like. Everybody that's seen this that I've seen, like I tried starting it and I was on a plane and I couldn't, I couldn't get there. Oh, but I like, was on a plane. Um, okay. The vanity, it's a vanity project for. It is for, a vanity project. For for Bradley Cooper, you know what yeah. I mean? Like, why why can't Bradley Cooper just be cute and like make money? Like, why do you have to make important stuff? Like, what are you trying to do here? Like, just like <laughs> you look like I that. Think... You're like you're part of the Marvel like yeah. MCU. Like, like go away. You're like Lady Gaga loves you. Like, why do you need to do this? Like, why do you need to be Jewish and gay? It didn't have to be the way that it 
was. Does that make sense? So like, mm-hmm. I've always loved. It's a vanity Leonard project. Bernstein. It is a vanity. Pro- it's a vanity project for Bradley Cooper. And the thing is, is that the movie is really supposed to be about. Is it? Is it Francesca or Felicia? I forget the wife's name. Carrie Mulligan. <laughs> Carrie yeah, Mulligan. Carrie Mulligan. Um, it's really supposed to be about her and how she kind of was the support for Leonard Bernstein throughout his life. And it really only becomes truly about her until like, spoiler alert, y'all, she gets cancer. And so, mm-hmm. which was, by the way, like, I, a lot of people are like, I don't know why she needs to be best actress. I will say though, like her part, like when she realizes she's going to take Leonard back. And then also then they go through that whole portion where she eventually gets cancer. Da, da, da. Yes. I think it's absolutely amazing, but I feel like they kept focusing on this. They kept focusing on Bernstein's character, but in like these weird flashbacks. And they were also trying to incorporate the music and it was, it was just a hot mess. There are some beautiful scenes. It's they were trying to cover too, too much. It could have been a very simple, beautiful story. And it like there were some scenes in it where it was just Bernstein conducting. And I'm like, listen, fam, like subscribe to Carnegie Hall Plus like I do because I'm that mm-hmm. person and watch actual Leonard Bernstein conduct. OK, like then you'll get the idea of what's okay, really going on. This is how highbrow Annie makes us. I know. But she's talking about Carnegie Hall Plus. I didn't know this was a thing, you guys. Oh, yeah. Carnegie Hall has thing. like a is that an app or is this mm. like a like a subscription? Yeah, like yeah, like you would put it on your fire stick. I cannot even. Okay. I know. <laughs> Opera, <laughs> ballet, <laughs> orchestra. <laughs> it's too much. I can't even. Can we share? <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll give you my other. <laughs> I need to see it because Anthony probably will love it. Oh, yeah. Um Oppenheimer's also for best picture. We mm-hmm. talked about that a little bit. Past lives, which I do really <sighs> want to see. I do want to see. So this. good. What's that on? Is it streaming on anything? Uh yeah. I forget what it's streaming on though. It's also on Delta Delta Studio, <laughs> which is where I'll I watched see, there it. There you go. Um, if you fly a lot like I do. But um, yeah, I, was I don't Delta fly Studio. Delta anymore, girl. Oh, damn it. So we we've gotten into this Alaska thing, so I'm now more American. Oh Lord. And, so, and spoiler, I'm probably coming home in April. Um I might be home for like a week in week in April. So just so you know. So hopefully you're going to be around. Hopefully, yes. Yeah, we need to figure it out. So we're going to talk about it here because I don't Indeed. want people like stalking. Right, right, right. But anyways, um, but so yeah, so I'm more on the American thing. But, the, but you know, and they don't always have like TVs inside their planes, which is always, which is a little bit annoying. But at the same time. I know. I'll sit first class and like use use my phone. I'm fine. Um. Anyways, yeah. <laughs> Poor Things is on here as well. And The Zone of Interest. Two movies that I haven't even seen. So I'm like, I'm dying to see poor things and it is not available to stream yet or even rent or whatever. Uh, Everything else is I coming though. Like, Oppenheimer is going to be here on like, in, in like a week. I'm like, like, um, I bought it a long time ago because I'm a weird it. history person. And I was, I think I was drunk. <laughs> that happens though. That's how I bought. Like, I really think that's what happened. That's why I yeah, bought it. that Valley of the Dolls. I bought when I was drunk. Yeah. <laughs> that's like, what it is. You know, um, girl trip when I was drunk. Like there's right, like different right. movies. Like you just get. Um, okay, best actor Bradley Cooper for my Astro. Mm-hmm. Okay, sure. Coleman Domingo for Rustin. Go Coleman. Yes. Rumor is right now he's about to play Joe Jackson now in the new Jackson. Really? Bible. No mm-hmm. kidding. That's awesome. Yeah. Something's happening there. Plus, Coleman Domingo is like 
Um, you guys know that I sometimes touch upon my nerdy side and I don't just do like sci-fi, like, well, sci-fi, I guess, like the, you know, the fear of the walking dead and Coleman Domingo is like a big character in that. Mm -hmm. So, um, and I just finished that recently. I can't tell you how it ends because I don't even remember myself. Um, anyways, Paul Giamatti's up for the holdovers. We have Killian Murphy for Oppenheimer and Jeffrey Mm -hmm. for American fiction. Uh, best actress, Annette Benning for not. Bad. which why so, like that bo- that bothers me this lesbian who can swim i guess <laughs> like a lot the of thing opinions. is is like the fact that they shut out both um natalie portman and um what's her name from uh, may december julianne moore yeah that those two didn't get any that kind of like recognition across the board lily gladstone's up for killers of, Fla- of the flower moon which Probably everybody's saying that she should win. Yeah, she should. Sandra Holler from Anatomy of a Fall, another one who people are saying that she should win. Carrie Mulligan from Maestro. And then we have Emma Stone for Poor Things, who Emma Stone is like the darling right now of like all the academies. So I have a feeling she's going to like get something here. Hmm. Do you know that like she was super bad? Oh, yeah. Yeah. She (laughs) was. When she was like, my brother used to call me Hyman. Oh, my God. Yeah. That's the fact that like. She wouldn't be as big as she is now as Lindsay Lohan didn't develop a crack problem or whatever she had. Allegedly. You might be right. But like allegedly, allegedly you guys, like, we're just saying that. We're just flippantly saying that Lindsay Lohan's not coming on this show anytime soon. Allegedly, we, you might be right. Um, best Supporting Actor, we have Sterling K. Brown for American Fiction, Robert De Niro for Flowers of the Killer Moon, Robert Downey Jr. for Oppenheimer, Ryan Gosling for Barbie, and Mark Ruffalo for Poor Things. I'm going gonna- to... Say a, a say a comment here about Sterling K. Brown, and I've noticed this about a couple people who have been nominated. I've been noticing that people, like once they receive their nominations, have been doing almost like a thank you speech on Instagram. Mm. Have you noticed this? I did not. Like I did notice, like when people like congratulate each other, but I didn't notice a thank you like kind of thing. Do you think like, he just kind of gave up and just like put it on Instagram just so he just has it there? Yeah, if you notice the people who are doing it, it's people who, like, y'all know they are not going to win. Best Supporting Actor, I think, will be a huge shock if it doesn't go to Robert Downey Jr. Huge shock. Because Robert Downey um, Jr. is just a legacy in the industry. So it's, it's, it's going to be like Jamie Lee Curtis. Yeah, yeah, it's like it's Jamie Lee Curtis. It's it's like a, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, But, and Robert De Niro, I think, is just like, is he, is he, does, is he have a, does he have, a, does he have an Oscar winning? He's, I don't know, actually. I don't even know. We're gonna look it up. I don't even know. Hey Siri, does Robert De Niro have an Oscar? Let's see what she says to me. Robert De Niro has won two Oscars for his roles in The Godfather 2 and Raging Bull. Oh my gosh, you guys. This is this is my martini working because it's done. Um, anyways. <laughs> it's like 1045 over here. So I'm just I'm tr- I'm on fumes. So yeah. we're doing our best. We're, we're gonna push through. We have like 10 minutes left. Oh yeah, we're good. Here. We're good. Ryan Gosling for Barbie. Um, I don't know if he's going to win. And it's a little bit weird that he's up for this. But, like, go, Ryan, I guess. And that's another I one that would Ryan be Gosling. like. It feels like a career I, Oscar for him as well, though. You know what I mean? I don't have a problem with like, it. Little good things. And I really Mar- don't like a lot of people who are going after him. Because they're like, Margot Robbie and all these people. Doing it. I was like, it's not. First of all, it's not his fault that he. He got did a better job. I'm sorry, you guys. He did a better job than Margot Robbie in the movie. Maybe because he was given a lot more. He was yeah. given all of the musical numbers. She didn't have not one musical number. You know what I mean? Like he had more to do in the film, like in mm-hmm. in the film. But the thing is, <laughs> the film, like, I love that. 
but like, I mean, I mean, it's just where it is. Anyways, best supporting actress, but we will say Mark Ruffalo will always be a hot daddy. Anyways, oh yeah. Um, best supporting actress Emily Blunt for Oppenheimer. I heard her sex scene is like crazy in this. Is she in the sex She's scene? A, or no, she up? doesn't. No, she doesn't. It's um, Florence Pugh that has quite a few. Oh, okay. Um, Danielle Brooks for the color purple. Get it, girl. Uh, mm-hmm. America Ferreira for Barbie, which that one monologue is gonna maybe get her in there. But I yeah. love the fact that she's in here now that she can we can say Oscar nominated America Ferrara. Mm-hmm. Um, Jodie Foster for Nyad, another one like <laughs> okay, lesbian power. Mm. We're gonna give it, you know, Divine Joy Randolph, the holdovers. I think she's will most likely win. win. Yeah, yeah, I think she's gonna win, except for Danielle Brooks is like. They're saying, I haven't seen The Color Purple yet, and I really need to go. Um, I haven't seen that or Mean Girls, and I'm really I have like a lot I'm of issues with The Color Purple. And I think it's because I saw it on Broadway with Cynthia Rebo <clears throat> and Danielle Brooks, by the way. And so I don't feel the need um, to see it, see the movie, because I saw Cynthia Rebo play that role. But they say but that then- they changed it. They did a little bit. Um, Las Culturistas did a really good, interesting review. I would say listen to that before you make a decision about watching it. It made me choose. It made me feel fine with not watching it. So if you guys, Last Culture Reaches is this little podcast with Bo and Yang and Mark <laughs> and pod- Matt Rogers. And like, I mean, they probably need the help from Bald and Bingeville, mm. but like, oh, listen to like two episodes ago and they do, they talk about all the Oscar nominee kind of like big boobies. Anyways, best director, Jonathan Glazer for Zone of Interest, Joros Lanthimos from Port. Mm-hmm. Christopher Nolan for Oppenheimer, Martin Scorsese, Killer of the Flower of the Moon, and Justin Triette. It's Christopher Nolan's year. He's going to yeah. get this this yeah. year. Yeah. Um, period. International feature films, we care. Um, Not that much. Yeah. Okay. So let's keep it going. Animated feature film, The Boy and the Heron. I haven't seen it, but I know it's like supposed to be cute. Elemental, which was like a sleeper hit. Uh, it was Nimona, good. I liked not it. really sure. Robot Dreams, not really sure what that is. And then Spider Man Across the Spider Verse. It's mm-hmm. huge. Yeah. Did you see this whole thing that every movie that Issa Rae was in last year, because she's in Spider-Man uh, Across the Universe, Spider-Verse. She's also in Barbie. And then her other movie. She's in American was, Fiction, I think. American, Yeah, she's in American yeah. Fiction. So all three movies that, that Issa Rae was in last year are up for Oscars this year. Damn, girl. Get after it. I love get it. Get it, Issa Rae. Um, except they did just cancel rap shit, which I don't think enough people are watching because of, of its that. name. Yeah. It's a great show, and it's sad that they're gonna like be canceling it. And I don't think yeah. it's done, so we're not gonna get like closure. I hope that they do like a little movie here. Um, adapt the screenplay as American Fiction, Barbie, Oppenheimer, Poor Things, Zone of Interest. Um, I don't know if we care about all these other ones. So the original song, let's get into that. I never went away from American Symphony. I'm just Ken from Barbie. What was I made for from Barbie? The fire inside from Flame and Hot, and Wazahi Wazasa. I don't know how to say that. From Flowers of the Killer Moon, a song for my people. What it's called? Anyways, don't cancel me. Um, Flame and Hot is that movie by Eva Longoria about the guy who created Flame and Hot Cheetos. I haven't seen it. Have Wait, what? I didn't even know about that. Okay, so Flame and Hot is like this movie that Eva Longoria like produced. I mean, be directed. I'm not. I didn't like you guys. It's so alleged. We're just like bouncing off because um, we don't have all the facts. But look it up. But I know that Eva Longoria is involved with this project. She was the producer on this, and it was basically it's a movie about like the Flame and Hot Cheetos, the people who like made that for the first time. 
it's basically like the Nike Air movie. Um, but for Flaming Hot Cheetos, but the fire inside, haven't heard it. What was I made for? Barbie. It's so stunning. Is, it really is. It's kind of sad because they put these other two Barbie move things in here. And I think that's the reason why Dua Lipa didn't get her. Because Dance uh-huh. the Night Away, dance That's songs never make it up there unless mm-hmm. the, unless they're like some kind of cultural or you know another as long you know what I mean like if they're another language that's usually when you know the Oscars want to give give a dance song its flowers so but Dua Lipa should have been up here because Dance the Night Away was a huge hit you know what oh, I mean and not only that but it was a, song. It's a good song yeah but um but what was I made for that Billie Eilish song? Like if you guys have looked for like the making of that song and her like originally mm-hmm. singing it full out and then saying like, oh, this song doesn't need this. So let's just whisper it. It's a gorgeous song. It's I mean, beautiful. and if Billie Eilish has two fucking Oscars under her belt, mm-hmm. like, what is she doing? Like what, what's next for her? What does she want to do? You know? I don't, I don't, I don't know. Maybe more acting. I'm not even sure. But like the only thing that I have an issue with for that song, and this is a very niche comment to make, is that I'm going to see this song so many times at dance competitions this year. Like I can't even, Uh (laughs) I can't even tell you. So for those of you who are very familiar with the dance competition lifestyle, a la, a la dance moms, I also for as a side gig teach at a dance studio. And um, I just need to talk about like I'm gonna I'm I'm very concerned that that is gonna ruin it for me because I'm gonna hear it all day long. I do still. You know what it is though about this song, the spirit of like Billy Eilish is what was I made for? Because it's one of those songs that yeah. you go all of a sudden like and you get quiet. Oh. You know what I mean? Like, and it it has the same power that Sarah McLaughlin's. Spend all your time waiting. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, all of a sudden, like, you get serious in the car all of a sudden, and it's the same exact kind of, like, (laughs) it's the same reverence that you have when you have, like, for, like, this Billie Eilish song, for what was I made for? (laughs) Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's just, it's the same. It's like, okay, we have to get quiet. Everybody shut up. Like, this is the song. (laughs) This is serious. And I haven't heard a dance remix of it, but I'm just waiting. I'm waiting to be like in a nightclub oh with oh. a bunch of bears and like harnesses and shit. And all of a sudden, like, what was it made for? What was my boyfriend? It's not what he's made for. Oh like, it's just God. like, I'm going to hear it one of these days. Okay. Um, that's Oscars kind of thing. Before we like get ourselves through, let's talk a little bit about, okay, you guys, Jason Kelsey mm. is like... Okay, he's, he's going to be the crush of the week, but we, we won't get there just yet. But the thing is, it's like, if you guys haven't seen the footage of him and Taylor, the fact that him and Taylor are like hanging out and kicking it, like, I want to hang out with them. I know, they're like the cool so kids. Fun. For real. And they're in the warmth yeah. <laughs> of like, of their box. And so, but the fact that this man like takes his shirt off, goes, picks up children, to take pictures, introduces one to Taylor. You know what I mean? Like, uh, come on, the Kelseys are like here to stay. Like this is like this is oh, like a new them. American dynasty that we're all of a sudden like. It really here. is. That's true. That's a good way. To, that's a really good way to look at it. It really like that's that's what we're looking at. It's like a new like you know this is move over Kardashians. We have the Kelseys. You know, and so it's like yeah. the whole thing. So, are there any more hanging out in the wings? Like, where you know, I am mm-hmm. looking for um, Travis's reality show, though. Like, keeping up with Kelsey. Uh, 
they must have they must have hid that one real it's probably in the dark it, web it's hard to find but apparently it was like a dating Amazing. show where people were all trying to date travis but they're beautiful brothers but the thing is is jason is like the number one thing on everybody's mind right now um traders you're not watching so i'm not and i i probably should um because everybody's jump talking in, about girl. it <laughs> jump in girl okay this is this is gonna be my plea for everybody to watch the traders so the traders is now like a franchise it's it's traders uk there's traders australia there's traders america mm -hmm. um traders america the first season it was great but they used real everyday people and they used reality stars and they mixed them together and it didn't have the power that you get this season when they're using all people who are famous, um, who are reality stars or athletes. And so this season is fantastic. Alan Cumming is just doing a fun, campy job. Mm -hmm. You want to see what he's wearing every week. But um, what's great is that like you have like these people who are big brother and um, survivor like all-stars you know what i mean like people who have really learned how to like work this game and everything and people who were challenge winners you know over on mtv you know like johnny bananas and ct and that and then you have the housewives and the housewives are a fucking strong bunch of fucking mm. women that that know how to play mental games and play everybody the good side on everybody and everybody is completely threatened by them because the other thing too is is that you may be on Big Brother and you may be on Survivor and you may be friends who have seen each other at CBS events, but the housewives do like BravoCon. They do watch what happens live. There's a sisterhood yeah. there. So it's great. Like this season is hitting. There's um we're recording this on a Thursday night, you guys. And so I know there's a new episode tonight, but like up until this point, um, the traders essentially, this is like my thing for you to like watch it. Is it's fun, number one, and it's like it's a little bit lighthearted. And then you get to see like people use like the best and worst of each other. I'm actually watching Traders UK as well. And the first season oh. of Traders UK, you might love, you might like the Traders UK more than you do the American version. Yeah. Because it's um they are regular everyday people who are thrown into the situation and they get uber emotional and nobody knows how to trust each other. So they get 20 to 22 people. They put them in a house together and they are all, you guys are all faithfuls and you guys are all going to try to make money and you're going to put money in a pot. And at the end of the day, somebody's going to take this money home, but everybody who is a faithful is all playing on a team and then what they do is they pick three traders mm -hmm. and the traders are there to kill somebody every night. They're going to kill somebody off every night as they play this game. So then the mornings when you get up for breakfast, you all go to the breakfast room as you and they enter people like one to two people at a time or whatever. And mm -hmm. you eventually see who did it make it through the night? You know, who did the traders kill off? And then the next, and then so that day is that, and then you have to like, you're basically trying to figure out who those people are. And the faithfuls have a chance to kick the traders out because they do um, elimination ceremonies essentially. And they go uh -huh. and they sit about, they sit around a big round table and they all discuss, you know, things back and forth. And everybody can say they're a faithful. I, you know, I'm a great person, blah, 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 blah. But then are you really telling the truth? And so it's all about 
personal politics and gameplay and it's lying and deceit. And then also some people are just telling the truth and living their life as like a really good person that they're faithful and they don't know who the real traders are, but they have to vote and you have to vote somebody out of the house each night. And that person has to go to like a little truth circle and say, I'm a traitor or I'm a faithful. And you really want them to say I'm a traitor because this way there's one less person that's trying to kill you every night. Oh, okay. <laughs> like essentially. Right. So, and then you have the opportunity as well is that when you're making, when you're doing these um, team challenges is that you're all playing for money, but sometimes you might be playing on two separate teams. And then those two separate teams, whoever wins out of those two, those two teams, you know, whoever gets the, the fastest time, those people get an opportunity to, um, get a shield so they can't be killed that night. And so, and it's a whole thing. Cause even if you're a trader, you can play for that shield. And if you get a shield, you're just basically just throwing it away because you know that you're safe, you know, yeah, you're, you're the one who's gonna do the killing. And so it's fun like that, but then the challenges that they do are fun. Like there's one where they are, they send half the crew to a church and half the crew is in their castle and they're in a castle in Scotland. And the Ooh. people in the castle in Scotland are, this is in the UK and the American version is that um, they're in, you know, in this castle where they, um, the people in the church are given a musical um, notes to play on the bells. And so, and they're all playing like four, two, four, three, four, three. And then it all of a sudden it becomes a melody and it's like, go to sleep, go to sleep, like a baby <laughs> thing. And the people in the house have to be like, it's a lullaby and they have to find the artifact in the house that maybe is like that coincides with the song that's playing, you know, like, yeah. and so, but that's playing on these church bells. So it's fun challenges like that. They have another challenge like this season where they are um, in a cemetery at night and they have to grave rob and they have to break into the mausoleums and everything. Really? And, oh my God. Yeah. And they have to steal or not steal, but yeah, they have to steal money out of them, like $5,000 bag, a $2,000 bag, that kind of a thing, like bags of money out of like, you know, grave sites and that sort of thing. And then wow. also hidden in the grave sites are shields. So three people can get a shield for the night and they can sleep well. Well, while, so they can do that. But the thing is, is as that's going, there are lights because it's in the middle of the night and there's lights that are like sweeping over the graveyard. And if they get caught in a light, they're kicked out of the game. So you need as many people in the game as you can to get as much money as you can into the pot each night. So it's like fun games like that that they're playing yeah. you know, as like a, as a collaborative. So it's not just people playing politics of like, you know, housewives or bachelor or, or big brother where they're just living in a house and just being political, but they're playing games just like, you know, like a big brother or survivor. Right. It's, it's fun as fuck. Um, the first season of, of UK, I'm like on the last episode right now, and it is crazy because you don't know who is really acting and who's really playing the emotion up, you know, those kind of things. And you can see too, when the traders start to turn on each other mm -hmm. that like, um, I don't want to be kicked out tonight, but everybody's looking at my friend here. So it's like, you know, and everybody votes for Annie and I'm like, Annie, I'm sorry. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I think you're a traitor, even though the two of us have been killing people every night, but they turn right. on each other like that. It, it's it's incredible. It's a fun show. This is my plea for everybody to watch The Traitors. Phaedra Parks is like killing it in the American version right now. She is, she puts like par poverty, uh, Parvati, who Parvati is like a winner of Survivor. And Parvati oh, okay. was a 
cutthroat player where she um, wanted to get all the guys out. Was you know oh. her that we are not going to let a man win this season. So like when she's talking to these guys and like you know can we make a deal? And he's like you know like well, who do you want to see win? And she goes girls. Like and like just dead pants to him, like you're Amazing. not gonna yeah, you're not gonna win. Well then even when even so, but she's still she's like the black widow, they call her, you know, like that she can like she sneaks in there and she can like talk to you and change your whole life with what she says. Mm-hmm. And she does that with this guy, because that's what she's known for. Survivor. I don't remember what season because I'm not that big, that deep of a survivor fan. I'm a survivor fan, but I'm not like that. Can't tell you what season, but in her season, when the one that she said that she wanted a girl to win, it's her and a bunch of girls, right? That are like kind of near the end. It's like the top like four or five people. Yeah. And this guy wins immunity for the day. He's got the necklace on his on him and everything. And she talks to him and she's like, look, you're completely safe tonight. We really want to kick out Megan or whatever her name is. And like, so like, but I need to make sure that I'm safe. So like, can I have your immunity? And he gives it to her and they vote him out. Like she is that person who can like just turn everybody on the dime. It's wild. And so in, in this show, she's a traitor. They pick her to be one of the traitors. And Phaedra Parks is also a traitor. And she goes and she says something that alludes to like the housewives having a click. And Phaedra Park puts it in her place. And they're like back, you know, like in their like little <laughs> meeting. And she's like, she's like, look, it's not cool that you did that. And then she looks at the other guy who's also a traitor. And she's like, both of y'all need to watch yourselves because he thought that he was off scot-free because the two of them yeah. had playing against her at the same time anyways it's just it's a good show where everybody's playing things up people leave the game because they don't they can't deceive people all that very well and they're just they're oh just wow like, yeah one guy like gets so emotional because he has to like basically rip somebody apart and then he feels bad about it and he leaves the game because he can't take it he's a boxer like he's like somebody who beats people up for That's a living wild. but emotional politics he can't do like it's just it's insane where but, like, can you watch the british one on peacock they have all of them oh it's all on there okay, okay. They, they have all, right. all of the versions on peacock but like yeah watch watch peacock like peacock the traders uk season one yeah perfect television and their host is also just as like she's campy and fun and she dresses a little bit you know kooky and that sort of a thing um alan cumming brings like the glamour and the drama when his in his dress Love it. This, this woman is just kind of like She's like a female Noel from Great British Bake Off. You know what I mean? Like with big sweaters and that kind of a thing. Oh, you know? yeah, yeah, like yeah. The, uh-huh. the, dark, the dark bangs and all that. Yeah. She's fun like that. Um, okay. We need to wrap ourselves up here. But before we do, okay. let's talk about our crushes of the week. Our crush person. Like I was saying a moment ago, we're going to give it to Jason Kelsey. Somebody said yeah. earlier this week, I saw... Um, my sexuality is Travis is Taylor Swift's boyfriend's brother. Um, <laughs> I love that. And the fact that he's making like bears, like, so like such a big mm-hmm. thing, like that's going to be like a t-shirt pretty soon of him, like yeah. with the shirt off, like screaming with the beer, beer can in his hand. But Travis move over. We're into Jason this week. Okay. <laughs> uh, I think I'm going to go back to what I was saying earlier, which was Michael Imperioli. And I think even he's, I think he's even more attractive now. And I'm not saying his, I'm not saying as Christopher mm-hmm. um, because Christopher's a bitch in my mind. Um, I don't know if he's going to change. Oh, just I guess, wait, just again, wait. Yeah, you're going to go, like you're going to go through phases with Christopher as well. I'm sure. Mm-hmm. I'm sure. And so <laughs> the unibrow cracks me up, number one. But like, I thought he was like wildly attractive, which I'm not generally attracted to, to 
guy's over 60. I think he's like 60. Mm-hmm. But uh, he's 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 quite attractive. I think he's a really interesting character too. He's like a a, a very well known Buddhist, and he's mm-hmm. he's friends with a lot of monks. And he does like a weekly meditation. I don't know if you happen to follow him on Instagram. He does like a weekly meditation. Um, it's he's a real interesting cat. He always seems like a nice guy on, on like yeah, Instagram he does everything. Um, yeah, how high? I want to see how tall he is. He's five eight. You see, well, you know, it is the se- it is the season of the short king right now. I know James Gandolfini six foot though. Is, um, you know what? I'm glad you said that because I've been wanting to look that up and I was wondering because he looked I couldn't tell. He's so but much like, bigger than everybody. Yeah, Jeremy Allen White. Look at him right now. Like everyone's obsessed with him. He's he's only five seven, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean thing. it's it's the season of the short king. I guess so. But Michael Imperioli yeah. has tall tall guy energy. But yeah, he's a shorty. Yeah. Um, my place this week. I have to think about this. What is my place this week? I have to say probably my place that I am completely crushing on right now. Um, it's on top of a massage table, you guys. Oh, yeah. I love getting massages. It's like a whole thing right now. And so, and like we have somebody who does like, um, what do you call it? Uh, acupuncture as well. Mm-hmm. So I'm finding all of that. And then like my other holistic thing too is, have you heard of ear seeds? No. Have you heard of this? So they're good for like anxiety and then other like things. Mm. And so what it's essentially is, is like you can get them like on Amazon, but it's like a little like, they it's usually a seed, like literal like seed, but they also sometimes just like, like a little metal ball or whatever. And there are touch points inside of your ear, right? Yeah, that they put those on and it's like with like a little piece of almost like um the same kind of um adhesive that you use for like a band-aid you know like a band-aid strip you know like and it's just like the same color as your skin or whatever so you have to like make sure you get like a color match it's hard for darker skin but like um but you put them in your ear like you put them in different like pressure points and they do help with anxiety and they also help sleep they help they help like with sleep zones so like look it up they're called ear seeds if you have a holistic okay. practitioner or whatever or just like look up you know like how the same thing how like how your feet have all the different places like if you do like the tips of your toes help like with your sinuses and like mm-hmm. you know kidneys on this part of your foot well it's the same thing with your ear that your ear has different pressure points and mm-hmm. so you put these little seeds on you feel a pressure point and then also like it's good for like a couple days and so you like sit there and you like press it so like on top of my, my massage table with you know like with our practitioner guy you know but those are like my new favorite things okay um your place you have a place that you're loving this this is gonna sound strange but right now my place is my home office and and here's why because <laughs> that sounds that like it would, yeah it, it, ever since like you know covid we were i mean i've in, in my job i actually always work from home unless i'm traveling which mm-hmm. is a lot um, but like, I've gotten to a point now where it's covered in plants because I became a plant hoarder during COVID, but like I have a 60 plants in there, but also I just got a new piano all with names, all with names. They all have a name. <laughs> um, and, um, I got a new piano that's gorgeous. It's like 60 years old. Um, and then I'm going to be, I'm, I'm getting this new like velvet green armchair and like. I'm putting all this art on the wall that I've collected and it's not like fancy art like it's just a lot of random stuff that I've collected over time Mm -hmm. and then I'm just so excited to like make it like my little cave especially because I 
doing stressful, stressful work from there. So like, I'm just like really obsessed with the space right now. And I just love what it's turned into. I love that. I actually need to do that with my office right now. I've been talking about this is that like, because my office is kind of like a mod podge and it's like like blown up and like more projects like come in and then they just go on the shelf and like, I have a surfboard standing in my office right now. Okay. (laughs) Like it's just, it's a crazy mess. Like saved by the bell. (laughs) It's ridiculous. Um, But I love that your home office. Okay. And my thing this week I would say those child chocolate bars because I'm now trying different flavors because I'm still like loving them right now. But um, yeah, like that might be it. Like it's just like I'm going to eat my feelings right now because like, I already talked about the potato chip one. But now there's like mm. a rocky road that has come into my life. There's a s'more nice. one. There's like a chili one. Like and they're like six dollar chocolate bars. Like I really yeah. have no business. Like the other day I like bought like three and it was like here is my house deed. Um, <laughs> because they're like <laughs> expensive chocolates, yeah. but loving those chow bars. Anyways, and what is your thing this week? This is uh, kind of strange, but um, I needed a new game for our PS5, and Nick and I have been going back and forth on what we should. My husband and I have been tra- going back and forth on what we should order, and then I ended up finding out that PS4 games can also be played on PS5. So I've been nonstop like in any free time that I may have playing Lego Harry Potter again for like the millionth time, but now it's on my PS5. Okay. I kind of love that. Okay, You know what? I almost want to take back my thing because I'm into Legos all of a sudden. Oh, I love it. It's as so good adult. for your mental health. Mm-hmm. Okay. Like you see behind me right now. As yeah. We're talking, I lo- like that's love one it. of those like Lego 100. 100. Yeah. It's the, um, it's a Disney 100 like yeah. camera thing. I'm like, it looks so nice. And so it's one of those ones that Anthony got me in, and it was just it. like, I'm completely into like these like bigger Lego things. My oh, it's big, so good for your, your brain. Yeah. Next year, like right now, I'm going to, I'm going to start putting money aside, like, like $5 a week. So then I don't feel about bad about spending $300 on something. Oh yeah. Lego. They are expensive. The Home Alone Lego house. Oh, it's so cool. It's the everything. And the fact that you can buy lighting for it now. I, I need that in my Christmas collection. And I have mm-hmm. like 15 or 16 bins right now for, for Christmas. Yeah. Like of like, and it's just getting ridiculous. When we're, um, we're doing a home renovation at some point here. And one of the things I asked for was a hideaway space in the new edition oh my put all my christmas away because i don't have anywhere to put it so, oh yeah yeah so i like i need like spaces like where we can hide that away so i've been asking for like storage spaces here and there and the, within the hall within the walls or whatever like, yeah you know a space and things so maybe that'll happen anyways okay you guys thank you guys so much for tuning into this episode of bald and bingeable do want to remind you guys that we have that oso sucia dirty bear party that's coming every third Friday in San Diego over at the rail. This month we have DJ J Fuse. He was a backup dancer for Britney Spears. He's amazing. He is going to be actually headlining at the white party this year and we got him first. Okay, so we're bringing him to San Diego here. Uh, so for February, February 16th, I believe it is. So that uh, third Friday, you guys can find the details of that inside the notes. And then also, um, we're going to be expanding over to Palm Springs. We are showing up there this February and March. February 22nd, we are going to be there kicking off the IBC Week in the International Bear Conversions. Um, we are there kicking off over at the Barracks Bar in Palm Springs. So you guys can find all of that at the OsoSucia That's my little plug. Look for the rest of my information inside the notes. 
Annie, do you have anything that you want to promote this week or anything that you want to send people? Where should they look for you? My sanity. Um, that's really what I'm asking for everyone to promote this week. Uh, but <laughs> other than that, you can find me at AM Setting on Instagram. Cute. Okay, you guys find her in AM Setting. You guys will find all the rest of the notes and you will always put a, like a little hyperlink inside the description here. Thank you guys so much for tuning into Bald and Bingeable this week. And good night from the lower level. Good night from the lower level.